Hello, PKF fam. It is Mike Kramer here. I'm the youth pastor at Swickley Presbyterian Church, um, and I am excited to be with you through virtual reality, um, the next level stuff. And behind the camera, we've got the one and only tech wizard guru himself, Roger. Um, super grateful for him and making this happen. For the last few months, we've been super excited about the spring session, um, but unfortunately, the last two weeks have been bizarre. And so we are doing our best to try and bridge that gap as much as we can. But interestingly enough, it seems like now in the midst of some of this craziness, uh, some of the things we wanted to talk about actually seem more pertinent now than ever uh, in the midst of this situation we all find ourselves in. So we're really excited and we hope you'll stick with us for the next few days and just hang out for a little bit. As we've been thinking about what the spring session is all about and what we wanted to do here, um, we know that Surf City is a really exciting place and Laurelville is a really exciting place where we get to come together and we grow and we have a lot of fun and we're on jet skis and there's dune wars and there's mud pits and there's so much fun happening. But in addition to that, we're growing in our faith and it's this this really exciting time to come together, not just with our own churches, but with the other churches all throughout the Pittsburgh area to grow together. But sometimes that those moments can be so exciting that they kind of make the rest of our years look a little less exciting. We look forward to those things so much that uh, the everyday grind that we find ourselves on is not so enticing to us. And so the idea that we wanted to really wrap our minds around is what does growth look like for us in the normal everyday life um, that we find ourselves in. And so uh, as we've been thinking about what that might look like, we were trying to think about, well, where do we find ourselves on a regular basis? When we think about growth and, and where that comes from, it's something that takes time. It takes intentionality, it takes uh, community, and it takes effort on our own parts. And so when we think about growth, I've been trying to run this half marathon in May but it got canceled, so now anything goes. Uh, but you know, when it comes to health and nutrition, uh, I'm totally one of those people that if I eat broccoli with my dinner, I expect to lose a pound by the time I go to bed, and I'm very upset when it doesn't happen. Uh, but that's absurd, right? We can't expect one healthy serving at one meal. That broccoli does not undo the Pop-Tart I ate after that for dessert. You know, If anything, the Pop-Tart undoes the broccoli. But if I were to eat one serving of broccoli and expect that to carry me out for health for the rest of the week and nutrition for the rest of the week, you all would think I'm absurd. And that is true. It would be ridiculous. But that is sometimes how we live our spiritual lives. We, we do things and we have these awesome moments and we go, okay, cool, I got recharged. I'm really excited. I'm fired up. And that'll hold me over for the next week, the next month, the next three months. But growth and our spiritual journeys take a lot of time and patience, and it takes uh, our communities coming together and challenging one another to grow together in the midst of things that are not as exciting as jet skis at Surf City or mud pits at Laurelville. And so when we think about what growth might look like for us, um, I am constantly thinking about these different images in scripture that talk about trees or they talk about nature. Uh, personally, I love the outdoors. I love nature. I love going hiking. Um, there's nothing like seeing a sunset um, behind the mountains or a sunrise if we actually wake up for those over the ocean. Uh, even rain can be beautiful or a fresh snowfall. But for me, the thing that 
always blows me away are trees. My friends and my family and the teens at my church make fun of me because anywhere we go, if there are some cool trees there, I'm constantly going, wow, look at that tree. Wow, look, so big. They're just like, dude, what is with you in these trees? But there's something so mesmerizing to me about trees. Like, they look cool. They literally give us oxygen to breathe, you know, in all four seasons, whether they're super green in spring or they're super red and yellow when they're dying in the fall or there's nothing on their tree limbs and it's just covered with snow. Like trees are just beautiful parts of creation. But trees are also this beautiful symbol for life all throughout scripture. And you see this all the way from Genesis to Revelation. And the reality is that when we think about trees, we can really get a lens through which we can see our own spiritual lives. Jesus himself uses tree imagery all the time in the New Testament to explain what the spiritual journey is like. And so briefly, I just want to look at a story with you all that's really famous, uh, and it's called the Parable of the Sower. Um, Now, Jesus uses parables to teach his disciples and the crowds. Now, a parable is just a teaching tool. It's where Jesus is taking known ideas and known facts that everyone listening would understand, and he's using them to create a story to make sense of a different concept or moral principle or idea. So a parable is only effective if the people listening understand what the story is about. So Jesus is talking about a sower, uh, not like, you know, sowing clothes, but sowing seeds or planting seeds. And so here in Matthew 13, uh, we'll pick up and just read this, this parable of the sower. The same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake, Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and he was scattering the seed, and then some of it fell along the path, and the birds came up and ate it. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. And withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And still other seeds fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times that was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Now listen to what this parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom of God and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the one who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution come because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of his life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the one who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So Jesus is using the imagery of planting seeds to his listeners to explain what it's like to have this relationship with God. Sometimes you'll be in a situation where 
you're hearing the word, but it's really not making sense to you. Or sometimes it'll make sense to you and get really excited about it, and then uh, something comes up, something happens, something that pulls you away from it and you let it be. Or something um, begins and you're excited about it, but there are all these other concerns around your life and it kind of chokes it out of you. It's no longer important. And then sometimes things are good. It, it takes root. There are things growing in your life. And Jesus is using this imagery of different ways that seeds get planted to explain how our faith journeys can look as time goes on. And sometimes when we hear this parable from Jesus, we might think, oh, like, which seed am I? Like, am I going to be this one? Am I going to be that one? But the reality is that most of us have been more than one of these seeds at different times in our lives. Um, there's a time when we maybe didn't know about Jesus or our faith, and a time when we were super excited, and maybe a time when we were less excited and less committed, and maybe now's a really good time in your life, and things are going great, and you're growing in your faith, and that's really exciting. But the truth of the matter is we'll probably be at all of these seeds at different times in our lives. Um, so the question is, how do we maintain and strive to maintain the growth that produces that last seed, that good fruit? So today, our question for you is, which of those four seeds do you think you are? Where do you find yourself right now in March of 2020, in the midst of the coronavirus craziness around the world? Where do you find yourself in your faith journey? Is it a place where uh, you have questions and that's keeping you from being able to go deeper? Is it a place where uh, you were excited, but right now like things just don't seem as important as they once were? Is it a place where you want to be excited, but you feel like the, the weight of life around you is suffocating your ability to grow in your faith? Or do you feel pretty good? Like, Do you feel like you're in a really good routine? You feel like you're growing? You feel like you're seeking new things out? Uh, where do you find yourself? And what do you think got you there? Because all of us are living in really weird and strange times right now where life looks completely differently today than we probably thought it would a month ago. And so as you think about where you're at right now, uh, think about what got you here and where do you want to be? So one of the things we want to do with these, uh, these many sessions is have a practice for each day. The practice for today is something we call breath prayer. This has been happening in the church since uh, the first century. Uh, prayer is something that is really weird and intimidating and complicated, uh, but it's really not supposed to be. It's supposed to just be our relationship with God through conversation. Um, it's us communing with God. And breath prayers are exactly what they sound like. It's a prayer that's either a word or a phrase that you just say as you breathe. It can be one idea. It can be one uh, sentence, whatever works for you. But what is the breath prayer that you need right now um, with where you're at in life. Maybe you're going crazy cooped up at home and your word is patience. God, give me patience. God, give me patience. Uh, maybe it's something to do with hope. Uh, maybe it's something to do with peace in the midst of uh, anxiety. Uh, so whatever your breath prayer is, the challenge for today is to come up with one and to pray it all throughout the rest of today. Pray it as you're interacting with your family, pray it if you go out for walks, pray it in between games on Xbox, pray it as you breathe and let that be your prayer for today and see what happens. Check back in tomorrow and we'll pick things back up there.